Welcome to Biblical Christian Worldview's Selective Article Podcast. So let's get started. Today's podcast is entitled The Pledge of Allegiance. This is a review of the history, context, and content of the Pledge of Allegiance viewed through the lens of a biblical Christian worldview. First, a history, a little history of the pledge. The American Pledge of Allegiance to the Flag was written in 1892 by Francis Bellamy, and it was first recited in the same year by 12 million schoolchildren on October 12th to recognize the 400th year anniversary of the voyage of Christopher Columbus. That original uh, pledge read as follows, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This original version was changed in the 1920s in order to be specific to the United States flag due to its use for reciting, being reciting by immigrants seeking U.S. citizenship. So it became, quote, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. During World War II, there was a public outcry because school children were pledging allegiance in a stance similar to the Nazi salute. Roosevelt, president in 1942, declared the pledge should be, quote, rendered by standing with a right hand over the heart, unquote. In 1943, the Supreme Court ruled that no student can be forced to participate in the pledge. And then finally, in 1954, Eisenhower pressed Congress to add the words, quote, under God, unquote, to the pledge. In Eisenhower's words, quote, it would affirm the transcendence of religious faith in America's heritage and future and strengthen those spiritual weapons, which forever will be our country's most powerful resource in peace and war. So the final version became, quote, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since that time, there have been challenges to the words under God based on potential violations of the First Amendment. However, to date, these cases have either been not taken up by the Supreme Court or rejected. So what does the pledge really say? Uh, it's always helpful to break things down into their component parts, and by viewing each component, one can put a phrase, for example, back together without the gaslighting that seems to be occurring on a regular basis on hot-button topics like Christian nationalism or Christian theocracy today. So with that in mind, let me break the phrases or the phrase down. First, I pledge allegiance. Allegiance in this context is defined by Webster as, quote, loyalty by a citizen to a government. Of course, there are many in this country who are not comfortable with expressing loyalty to our government. This sad reality is true at all extremes, both conservative and liberal, based on distrust. However, even in mainstream America, a Pew Research study this year showed that as many as 65% of Americans polled believe that political candidates run for office to serve their own personal interests rather than that of the country. 
The next line, to the flag of the United States of America. Our flag, as is true with most, most countries, represents leaders who make, adjudicate, and enforce a moral code of laws. Clearly, the distrust Americans have with the media and our elected leaders is evidenced by our distrust for the flag. However, for those patriotic to this country, the flag has a broader meaning. It also represents pride in our accomplishments, separate from a failing government, and the commitment and sacrifice of our men and women in uniform. Next, and to the republic for which it stands. A republic is defined simply as the government. So again, the flag is a symbol, and the republic is the actual entity that sets the laws and is called to protect the populace under its jurisdiction. Sadly, there are many who believe the republic is failing on both counts. Moral laws are being ignored, and our military is being undermined by reduced readiness and a lack of patriotism. Next is one nation indivisible. Our strength as a nation comes from our unity in the face of economic, political, and military encroachment. We are not one nation, and we are tribal rather than indivisible. Many in power in our country have lost the will to fight for this nation. We are fat, lazy, and angry. A perfect recipe for rapid deterioration. History from other cultures, such as the Greeks and the Romans, suggests it's only a matter of time before China is successful in its efforts to overtake us on multiple levels. Only the heartland of America can save us as a nation. Next is under God. As God is the creator of all things, we and the rest of the world are in fact under God. However, the insertion of these two words by Eisenhower was intended to represent much more than that. Eisenhower was suggesting that our spirituality was our strongest, quote, resource in peace and war, unquote. That is no longer the case, and the consequences are being felt exponentially. Finally, with liberty and justice for all, Webster defines liberty, liberty as, quote, the quality or state of being free, unquote, and defines justice as, quote, the quality of being just, impartial, or fair, unquote. This phrase is the culmination of the desire of the original author, as well as it should be for everyone who states it with their right hand over their heart. However, few believe the America we live in today represents either freedom or justice. The majority of us navigate through the day avoiding what we see as the state of our country, hoping someone else will fix things to our liking, while at the same time the extremes continue yelling at each other while the media and the politicians play to their base. So my view on the Pledge of Allegiance. When I salute the flag and recite the Pledge of Allegiance, I'm not saluting the government. I'm saluting those who truly sacrificed for our freedom. I'm saluting those who go above and beyond the call of duty to protect us, uh, the police, first responders, the military. I'm saluting rural America, which is still largely holds to traditional values of Christian morality. To be patriotic, to express Christian nationalism through allegiance to this nation is not to condone past administrations or present ones. It's to promote a biblical Christian worldview inside what was, and for some, still is the greatest nation in the world. Respectfully, I believe that the more we lose our grip 
on that ideal, however muddy and sin-filled our nation has become, the closer we are to a fallen country, which in turn will allow Satan to raise up totalitarianism, rule from countries like China and Russia. They and Satan want nothing better than Americans losing all sense of patriotism and nationalism, especially as it becomes a cancer undermining our military readiness. God bless you as you serve him today. Today's podcast article was brought to you by bcworldview.org, providing honest reporting and analysis on the intersection of contemporary issues and theology based on a biblical Christian worldview. May God bless you as you continue to walk through this life with our Savior and Lord.